You're listening to the Five Questions Podcast, and I'm your host, Dan Shawbell. In fewer than 10 minutes, my goal is to extract the best advice from the world's smartest and most interesting people by asking them just five questions. My guest today is the co-founder of The Home Depot and owner of the Atlantic Falcons, Arthur Blank. Arthur built The Home Depot from an idea back in 1987 to a $50 billion company with 2,285 locations and being the leading home improvement retailer in the world. In this episode, we delve into what makes a good company based on his new book and discuss the importance of building and working for a values-based organization that supports society while making a profit. Many prominent leaders I've spoken to during the pandemic, like Reed Hastings, John Mackey, John Taffer, and the former general Martin Dempsey, have said that trust is the most important asset leaders can build right now. How were you able to create a culture of trust at Home Depot that led to both a positive work environment and higher financial returns? The culture, which, is, which was established at HD back in 1979, the opening of our first stores and now up to 2,200 stores, an incredible success under the current leadership. That same culture, we have transferred effectively to uh, a very diverse set of businesses, both in terms of what they are and in terms of their geography, whether it be the Atlanta Falcons or the Atlanta United or Mercedes-Benz Stadium, which hosts both of those and concerts and other events whether it be our guest ranches in Montana, which are rated number one golf retail business, PGA Tour Superstore, which is the number one golf retailer today in America, or our family foundation. They all run based on a set of values that were first developed and nurtured at HD. And, and now, you know, the beauty of the story, the beauty which the story demonstrated throughout the book is that these six core values, which we talk about in great detail, work in virtually every setting, every economy, regardless of the type of business, regardless of the geography. And, and frankly, they're not really difficult to follow. If you actually become, if they become ingrained in your thinking and ingrained in your heart and your mind and your spirit and, and your purpose, they're decisions you make that will lead not only to doing the right thing for the right reasons, but beyond that, you'll produce the financial results that will give the investor uh, the kind of returns that they need so the business is really a sustainable one. The book really shines light on the importance and the attainability of creating a value-based business. This is more relevant than ever before because more is being asked of companies. And I've, I've always believed that values give us a framework that guide yeah. our decision-making process. Like right. if you have a tough decision to make, if you've already set those values in stone, it's easier to exactly respond. Right. It's easier to make those decisions. Yeah. How did you decide on Home Depot's values of giving back, building strong relationships and doing the right thing? And how did these values reflect your own? Bernie Marcus, who's the co-founder of the company, I think we came from very similar backgrounds. Our grandparents' parents came from, uh, you know, from Europe. Started out in America with almost nothing. Uh, we ended up being sustained, having good lives, producing, you know, beautiful families, etc. So, I think you know, you look at that. You look at our religious experiences, our business experiences, our life experiences. And I think when we started HD in 1978 and 79, first stores, you know, we came together um, because we had that, you know, connectivity around a set of values that we both believe strongly. They weren't reduced to writing then. It only became reduced to writing after some years we were operating stores in Canada. And I came back and I said to Bernie, I said, you know, we're opening up 200 stores a year, so every day and a half. And I said, we are never going to be able to touch ourselves personally, every single associate, the way we have always done in the past. And 
at some point we need to reduce to writing, you know, what are our values? What, what is it that drives all of our decision making? Not some, but all of it. So at that point, we, we reduced these values to writing. Uh, it wasn't, didn't take us a long time to do it because we knew what they were. They became our version of the Ten Commandments, if you will, at HD. There are six core values, which we have today. They've added a couple. They have a couple more because of the public nature of the company. But beyond that, those values are exactly the same. And the beauty is that these values are then, you know, transported over 20 years uh, to a whole variety of different businesses in a different setting, different, whether it be fans, customers, guests, whatever it may be. These values are applied in every single case on a uniform basis. The business roundtable last year defined the purpose of a corporation to focus on all stakeholders instead of just right. having a profit motive, even yep. though we're in a capitalistic society. Right. So your whole idea of values is now translated into this larger global picture of what right. a company should do and stand for and who they should provide support for in a sense. Yeah, I think that was a, that was a great decision. One of my, one of my really good friends and actually is uh, Jamie Diamond from, from JP Morgan Chase. You know, I think, you know, leaders have to provide that, you know, that roadmap and that pathway and demonstrate that, you know, that behavior. I was pleased the business roundtable is now taking a broader view, which is an acknowledgement really before we publish this book of the need for the book. When people feel like they're making a difference in somebody else's life in a positive way, you know, they go home at night and they're, they're really cordial around the dinner table or they're very friendly to their dogs and other animals they may have at home or the children and, you know, and they feel good about themselves. And that's one of the beauties of our associates is that they understand that, yes, profitability is very important in terms of long-term sustainability, but how we reach that profitability through a core set of values that are established and lived, most importantly lived by everybody from the top to the bottom, sideways, east to west, north to south, that's the most critical thing. One of the big things, and which is aligns to a lot of the, what we've talked already, is one of the trends I've studied over the past year is stakeholder activism. And today's employees and consumers expect companies to take a stance on social and political issues, but it can be very tricky to do so. What do you recommend to leaders on how to manage stakeholder activism? I think most people across America appreciate, you know, leaders who uh, speak from their hearts and speak from their souls and, you know, speak from, you know, the, their best thinking and don't hide behind any sort of veil or any sort of curtain and speak out. Whoever your constituents are and the greater population is, they, they want you to be involved in more than just making money today. What they want to hear also is that, are you internally and externally saying and doing the right things for the right reasons? And are you taking responsibility for that? Are you taking positions? They're not always the most popular ones, but the ones that you think are the right things to do. So there's complete clarity about, you know, who they're investing in. And investing doesn't necessarily always mean, you know, having a financial investment in terms of a piece of the ownership. It's investing in terms of who am I shopping with? So I think those are appropriate questions for people that we serve to ask. And I think it's up to, to management to you know, to not be, you know, tricky, uh, to be transparent, uh, to be uh, clear as to what their position is on a variety of issues. And what is your best piece of career advice? Connect with an organization or an industry, an institution that aligns with whatever your passions may be. You're never going to do well in any way, whether it be the happiness index or the financial index or any other index. If you're inside of an industry, an organization that you don't really feel compatible with. One, get in touch with your inner little voice that listens to you and you listen to it. It'll tell you, I'm excited about this, feels more like fun than work. 
or it feels like it's a mixture of the two to me. I love the values of the industry. And most importantly, I love the values of the organization, either that I'm trying to establish or that is established. You know, I pay a lot of attention to those things. And if you do, you know, if you make those decisions, work hard, do the other things which are generically we know are important, you're going to have great financial uh, success. But you understand as you get, you know, later in life, is that the amount of wealth that you may accumulate is not necessarily the index of the amount of, of wealth of happiness that you'll accumulate during a lifetime. So I also tell people early on, find balance in your life at early, early in your career. You can't put a family, children, spouse, you know, on a back burner, come back 10 years later and check in and to feel like they're going to be there because they may not be there. They're not going to be there the same way that you remembered them and they don't remember you the same way. So find time to have balance in your life, find time to have, you know, purpose, not only at work, but at home, because as we get older and I'm, you know, I'm not on camera today, but I'm 77 <laughs> years old. My voice probably feels that way. But, you know, it, it's important to look back and feel like, you know, I've stayed connected to those things in my life and those people in my life that are the most important. And I would say always find time for loved ones, find time for family, find time to make a difference, dealing with the anxiety of, anxieties of life, and we all have them in one form or fashion throughout our lives. Giving back, being of service to others is the best medicine you can ever have when you're struggling with your own trauma, your own anxiety, your own pressures. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, Arthur. To follow his journey, you can read his book, Good Company, and find him on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, where he shares his philanthropic giving, appearances, events, and political statements. 